Welcome to In The Room, where we explore the elusive world of casting for film, TV, and commercials. Join us as we interview directors, writers, producers, and actors, taking a deep dive into their experiences with casting and how the ultimate decisions are made in bringing a story to the screen. Get an inside look at casting and find out what really goes on in the room. Here's some money for you to spend however you want on this vacation. Cool. No way, you said a rap? Wait, you. Do I like rap? Did you just ask me that? Fresh. You guys should come to H2O with us tonight. What's that? It's the new underage dance club. You know how to dance, right? Welcome to In the Room. I'm Heather Kafka, and I'm an actor. I'm John Williams. I'm a casting director. And I'm Kendra Franklin. I'm a casting assistant and an actor. And today we're in the room with writer-director Michael Tully, whose films have played the Rotterdam Film Festival, South by Southwest, and Sundance. He was Filmmaker Magazine's 25 New Faces of Independent Cinema. He's directed music videos for Bonnie Prince Billy, Jack Ingram, <laughs> and, uh, while his documentary Silver Jew captured the late David Berman's rare musical performances in Tel Aviv. His film Ping Pong Summer, which we're going to talk about today, is a coming-of-age story set in the 80s starring Leah Thompson, John Hanna, Amy Sedaris, Robert Longstreet, my favorite, and Susan Sarandon. She's also pretty good. Uh, with a cast of young actors giving us classic turns as bullies, heroes, friends, and first loves. And you just, you crushed it. Like, that oh, was so good, dude. <laughs> so good. Yes. I could feel the cassettes and just everything. Uh, like the, I just, it's. I had those pants. I, was, I, did those, I did those moves like I really badly. Did you really oh, badly, dude? It was, it was so accurate. It was so accurate. It was definitely, the, yeah, that line of when I'm even when I teach the, like writing or directing, it's always like personal versus autobiographical, you know. And I'm like, there's a lot of personal in there. It's not fully autobiographical, but trying to ride that line. But yeah, smelling the cassettes, I did that. I, yeah. yeah, I smelled it. I could tell I you, I'd be too. like, Sleeping Bag Records, EPMD, <laughs> Profile, Run DMC. Like I could actually yeah. do a smell test. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I wasn't that succinct about it, but yes, I would open a new cassette and smell it. Why did we do that? I mean, it was a new, you know, yeah, magical. It's like the new, it's like the new car smell because when you yeah. open the case, it just, it was just there. Oh, we had sensory experiences mm -hmm. with real media. <laughs> Maybe that's what, um, yeah, iPhone needs to have the smellorama or snipperama. <laughs> yes, know. the smell of a new touchscreen. <laughs> so, how did you start? Like, when did you get the bug to write and tell stories and want to make movies? It was in high, it's funny because I'm teaching a creative writing camp for elementary schoolers now. And I was just thinking back to, I grew up in Maryland. It's, it is very similar that my upbringing in ping pong summer. And it was, I was public school 
random Maryland and like school was kind of prison like like it wasn't fun like I, I just was over at a school a private school here and I'm like these books are on your shelf you're reading this like my life would have been totally different but that's not true because I did have my awakening to be a writer via an English teacher in high school in my public school that I like to crap on um, so <laughs> I actually did have my awakening then and it was really initially it was like short stories novels that's what it was um, although I did have the idea for Ping Pong Summer, I remember it was on a spring break when I was going to look at colleges. Um, I was writing it in a notebook in like, this is the early 90s. Um, I had that idea to be a movie and it was like, no, the Karate Kid, but with hip hop and ping pong, you know, like my own interests subverted and in, or just thrown into that formula and see what would happen. Um, if you, you know, you look up at the date of when this came out, it took a while. Um, like I remember a story I tell a lot is I met David Green, David Gordon Green and that crew from the North Carolina School of the Arts right when they were graduating. And we all, most of them, we moved to New York together. And I met David that summer in 1998. And he's like, I'm making a movie called George Washington next summer. And I was like, I'm making a movie called Ping Pong Summer next summer. <laughs> no Where was I next summer? In Winston-Salem helping out on George Washington. And Ping Pong Summer didn't happen for like 20 more years, you know, like or at that point, I guess it was 15 years. But so this is that idea that I've had. And every year I'd see people from high school would be like, what's going on with ping pong summer? And I'm just like, you know, it just wasn't happening. It was too hard. I wanted to do it right. I wanted to shoot on film. Um, and it took it just took it took a long time. But it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I shifted and I realized, oh, wait, movies incorporate writing, photography, music, performance, all of it. That's what I think we love about movies is it's all of the arts combined into one. So that's when I had the epiphany and I, I switched out of being just an English major to film and got my degree and moved to New York. I chose New York over LA. And then it was just like um, years of just kind of hustling, trying to do stuff. Um, and as you see, uh, it took quite a while for Ping Pong Summer um, it ended up being about a million and a half dollars. So it's just more money than I've ever had for a movie. Like even to have the soundtrack, I was like, wait, we can get fat boys stick them. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, can we really open the movie with that? I Whereas, felt like, like there were some songs in there that I was like, he could afford that. How did he <laughs> yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that's another, I know we're talking about casting, but just like very quickly, it's amazing. We were in the post on that and we had, it's a most favored nation. So it was like $5,000 for, you know, 2,500 for the publishing for the songwriter, 2500 for the label and that's it and we can't if anyone goes higher you have to pay that so very quickly if it goes to like one person asked for so new edition we had cool it now in the like dance scene in the club because um, the new it was perfect because he's trying to be a grown-up it's underage club so new edition was like you know our soundtrack for that yeah and um they wanted 20,000 for cool it now Ooh. and it was just like wait that makes our music budget 10 million or like what are you talking about yeah um so our music supervisor went back to them and they're like you could do popcorn love and i was like oh my god i love that song too <laughs> so it was just like very weird how cool it now the same artist um was a fifteen thousand dollar difference in a song but that wasn't just fifteen thousand that was multiply that by ten so it would have been another two hundred thousand dollars in the budget yeah um that's a little bit of a digression but i think it's just fun in that way to be like wait, I th thought I was going to have a new edition. No, it's going away. Oh, it came back. We got yeah. Popcorn Love. Just as happy. We put the soundtrack out. Our music supervisor says, Tully, I've never worked on a soundtrack that sold less 
in my entire <laughs> life because we didn't have we did I don't think anyone even knew it was out. I mean, I know streaming has ruined in some ways soundtracks are tougher, but um, we actually. I have, I think, 468 of the 500 vinyls at I our house. One. Oh, yeah. You any, guys can all. I want one I want immediately. One I had no idea it Any existed. cassettes? And we made cassettes. I want both. We had the, that's I will the buy thing them. is this movie was, you know, a million and a half dollars is not that much money in the grand scheme. But it was everything I wanted. We went to Sundance. We had cassettes that had a download in it. We made ping pong balls with the ping pong summer logo. Everything that I kind of dreamed of. I threw out the first pitch at Camden Yards, my mom's an Orioles fan. I was just kind of like, this is better than if I won an Oscar right now. Like my mom genuinely was more excited of me doing a first pitch than if I were to win an Oscar. Oh. So it was all these wonderful things happened with this movie. Um, but it was definitely homegrown. Like for that million and a half dollars, uh, we raised it. It wasn't like you can do a Kickstarter. It's not Spike Lee. You can't do a $2 million Kickstarter for a, like nobody with a movie. But we put the word out. Um, and like my producer, George Rush, you, says, usually for like a million and a half dollar movie, million to three million, there's like one big chunk. So you get like half of it written, a $750,000 check, and then you're cobbling together to get the rest to make it to that mark. And then at we the end, never it's had your own one, credit cards. Yeah, and then, and then you start throwing in your <laughs> yeah. credit cards. Um, but ours, we never went... Um, more than I think a hundred or hundred twenty five thousand. It was like thirty investors, oh, very wow. homegrown. It's just people were some some older woman from like Ellicott City, Maryland was like, I heard on the radio about your movie, and it sounds very sweet. Um, and we just were like, Here's yes, of course, please invest it. No, she didn't do that much, but um, but but it was definitely a very homegrown affair. And then of course, if we um, if you have questions or whatever, but getting into like you know assembling. That team, Susan Sarandon. You're like definitely. doing televangelists. You're like, on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm here for all of it. I mean, we'll get to casting. Give it all to me. Right. <laughs> like, this is fascinating. So, this was all over in Maryland, right? In Maryland. And it was also the, the thing now with movies, they're all made in what, New Mexico or Atlanta. I'm just like, Switches. none of these movies. And even Kat, who was in, I don't know if she talked about, or Kat, you did Kat? Yeah. yeah. So, Kat, I guess, is in Wilmington with her show but had the character wearing AFS, Austin Film Society gear. My wife works there, and she, Holly's like, Kat wrote me about getting some AFS merch to wear for the character. But I'm just like, the world we're in now. Although I think, did a credit just pass? I heard it's about from? to. Yes. Yeah, that sounds very All we need refreshing. Is All we need is an to industry it. to... The governor signs <laughs> All we need is an industry that's still alive. Per, yeah, working yeah. professionals. Yeah. But, no, um, we just need the governor to sign it. But, but it was important to me to shoot because I wanted to shoot on film. I wanted to shoot in Ocean City, which is where I grew up going. And the benefit of that is people say, how did you make a, how do you make a movie, a period piece, feel more authentic? Ocean City was like... Stuck in time. Move, move that car, get a 16-millimeter camera, move that car. There you are. We're good. Like on, the, on one of the first days of shooting, we were on the boardwalk and um, the the very nice company Trimpers who let us use the boardwalk and the the uh, arcade and the rides. Um, one of the owners came up and goes, "Could you um, could our uh, our secretary? She's worked with us for like thirty nine years. Could she like be an extra maybe?" Or I was oh. like, "Of course, yes." You're like know, her, like, her friends, <laughs> yeah, anyone right. else? Anyone, tell, tell <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. So so I bring Stephanie Lewis, our costumer, over, and I was like, Stephanie, can you like eighty five her? That's the word we came as like to to approve the. I was like, can you eighty five her? She goes, she's, she's good. Really <laughs> <85? Yeah. laughs> oh, no. Picture ready. <laughs> 
So when people ask, um, and it, it, the other good model for that was the movie This Is England, the Shane Meadows film from a few years ago, that. British film. I watched the extras on that, and that was like really authentic, felt like a BBC drama from the 80s. And um, a tip on one of the extras was, like you only notice it if it's wrong. So they had a, a street where the car pulls in and parks outside the home. Um, and he's like, if you notice, there's no other cars anywhere. There's not even one other car in a driveway because we didn't have a budget. But nobody knows you're no. following the picture car yeah. right. and it's shot on grainy 16 millimeter. So it's like I mean, you get if, big problems if people are like, wait, there's no cars. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Then yeah. they're not paying attention. Yeah. yeah, that's when you're not maybe making the best movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we got really lucky and it was important to me to shoot in Maryland. And we actually got the um, Worcester, the county and the entertainment board, tourism board invested in our movie, which had never happened before because it is so somewhat family friendly and it's putting the city in a positive light. And they, I think they said, you know, if we have three hundred dollars or $500,000 to use to do our like Bon Jovi laser light show or whatever, it's like, why don't we put some of this into this movie. Well, Susan Sarandon's in it. <laughs> and if it hits, it hits. Um, you couldn't get the rights to Bon Jovi? No. <laughs> we tried it. We got Kiss in there. But you, got, you got Sister Christian, didn't you? Is that um, what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night Ranger. Yeah. Um, I think that might have been a re-record. That's, again, another oh, really? Inside Baseball is a lot of these. And the No Parking on the Dance Floor, that was a re-record. So that's a way that the musicians can actually make their money is they're saying we're beholden to Arista Records or they're screwing us or whatever. So let's oh. just re-record it, use it. And it totally, I was pretty nerdy about that stuff. And I still was like, oh, this sounds great to me. This isn't, um, you know. That's exact, amazing. Yeah. Inside that's what tip. Taylor Swift did too, right? She just re-recorded oh, all of yeah, her own yeah. music. Yeah. Because just of to be like, bye-bye label. Yeah. I'm going to start mm -hmm. taking some yeah. of this. Well, I think it was that scooter guy sold, bought her stuff oh, and yeah. then sold it and made a bunch of money or whatever. Yeah. So you were hustling for a long time just trying to get it, get it off the ground. Yeah. Every winter, I'd say this next summer, that's it's happening. And, and then by spring, I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> which which makes the casting process extremely difficult or trying to get people attached or like. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it also changed a lot. I had versions like Sasquatch was drinking a 40 in it. I had Rad was older. Um, so it kind of ended up being the alchemy of where I was in my life at that moment. And I said I want it to be that kind of like important between eighth and ninth grade where you're like, I think this kid is going to be cool, but he hasn't found it yet. Um, so I ended up and I'm glad that we went with the like younger Rad where I had versions. It, it was kind of just where I was the, the movies started becoming a Rorschach of like what my interests were. The template was always, you know, Karate Kid with hip hop and ping pong. But then I would fluctuate with that. So in the sense of if we would had a, an actor commitment m way sooner, like I, I did a test reel with um, Will Janowitz, who's a friend. He's another like part of the, I think, uh, North Carolina School of the Arts crowd. But that's where when he was going to be a little older. And in New York, we shot that and I did some versions. But ultimately, it was just kind of like, um, I want to have a rad who's a discovery um, and put him into this world. I just thought it would be better. But um, yeah, just every year. And it wasn't until I think the momentum of having George Rush, who sold the, my previous film, Septian, that I made, 
um, in which I acted in, and I'm not really an actor, and I was just like, I'm just gonna make something on my credit it, card. Well, thank you. Um, but I just, I was like, I wanna make a movie that's just genre-defying and strange. I don't know if anyone's gonna wanna watch it, but I'm feeling it. And um, it got into Sundance, and IFC picked it up. But George was the sales rep for that, so he's an entertainment lawyer in San Francisco. And when we met at Sundance, after he had brokered the deal with, with uh, Sundance Selects, IFC Films, he was like, do you have any other movie ideas? And I'm like, oh, I got this ping pong hip hop <laughs> I've been trying to make for 30 years or whatever. And he's like, wait, that actually sounds like a good idea. He's like, I'm usually, it's like this personal drama that no, he's like, no one wants to watch this that I'm trying to raise money for. He's like, I think I could get the money together for that. So it was, you know, it was literally the springboard of having a movie at Sundance that really no one recognized, even though IFC did pick it up, but it was definitely a cult film. Um, but it was enough to get that springboard. And that's what launched me having a producer who's like, I think I can raise this money. Let's get the ball rolling. And it took off from there. And that was Sundance 2011. And we shot it in the October, September, October of 2012. So it was about a year and a half from there when it, when it really became like, and it came out 2014 and then 2014 was the Sundance. And then that summer, yeah, almost not whatever, almost to the day about nine or nine ish years ago, it came out. I mean, I can't imagine another cast or older. It was so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really... Um, I mean, one other thing I'll say with the casting is, um, you know, and the movie wasn't received in the way... It wasn't like a pop of, like, uh, the movie we thought. We're like, is this going to be a big, you know, Fox Searchlight, $10 million way, way back or whatever? And it proved not to be, which is fine. But um, I think there's something to... I really wanted to have a lead non-actor who was just kind of... Um, not acting Napoleon Dynamite, like surrounding normalcy with all the characters and him just being a little bit like, you know, reserved, shy. And that's a choice that I think in some ways maybe maybe could have limited it in a way of like, if you had a more of a Napoleon Dynamite, Rad was like quirky was and whatever. the perfect temperature that was the perfect yeah. like truth to that. Like, I think at that era and that time when hip hop culture was coming into like the suburbs and and how you know the kids were taking it, and how that that city was emerging with the suburbs. That like he just like nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And the funnier thing with that, with casting Rad, is we we did so we were working. One of the producers, Michael Gottwald, was part of the Court Thirteen crew who made Beasts of the Southern Wild. Um, and I'd befriended those guys early, kind of when they were making their shorts, Glory at Sea and stuff. And they did the real, you know, like we're gonna go into communities and just did casting. So we did that for about a long summer. I would be, I was living in New York still then, and I would come down to Maryland and we'd just like go to a library, go to a school, put the word out on Facebook or whatever. And it wasn't so much. And then we can get into, we definitely ended up using Pat Moran, Baltimore casting director. And um, so it was definitely a multi-tiered process. But for the discoveries, we would just go places. So for Rad, it's pretty hilarious is, um, our, I call her our fixer, but this woman, Ruth Waters, who was the kind of in real estate and was helping us kind of put us up. And just when we were going to Ocean City trying to get people excited, she was really enthusiastic. So when we did our Ocean City call, she's like, oh, my niece and nephew are in from New Jersey, like Cape May or just kind of above the water taking a ferry. And she t totally played it cool of like, they're here, so they make pop in. I was like, okay, cool. And then um, her nephew comes in and it's Marcello. And just right away, I was Seriously? kind of like, 
I feel like I'm looking at me sort of. And you know, that's what we're, I guess all these filmmakers who yeah. kind of have your like yeah. surrogate of, of you, but just something about his shyness, but sweetness um, was there. So I didn't find out until we were in, we were shooting and he got the part. Um, he was like, no, I came down and I like kind of really wanted this um, and Aww. didn't didn't know, didn't tell anyone. It was just very casual of like, they're just going to pop in too. Um, so it was an absolute discovery. And then Teddy Fry was another instance of you talk about serendipity. Uh, we were near where I live in central Maryland in Urbana at a library. He and his sister came in um, not even knowing about the audition or wanting to audition or anything. And my sister was helping and she saw Miles Massey and she was like, um, she spotted him. It was kind of like, there's a kid out here. And then he came in and he had a little bit of a Maryland accent, which is like very hard to teach. Um, and I was just like, oh man, this is amazing. So then they went home to tell her parents. And, you know, it's a thing of like, I was at the library and some people <laughs> took me in a room and I was like, no, it's yeah. a, we're real people. We're normal. <laughs> so I met her, his parents as soon as possible to be like, I'm street normal. casting kids is the worst. It's like, Hey, it's, you want to be in a movie kid? It's yeah. a real thin <laughs> line between like yeah. art and perv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that line actually Ugh. blurs a lot. Um, but, uh, but no, so those two leads were really genuine. And then when it came to Stacey Summers, I really wanted a kind of Ocean City gal who just felt right. Um, we went through our audition process all over, did our Ocean City audition. I was just like, there was no one, there was no one. And then I got an email, I think it was an email, um, from Emmy saying like, I, I'm in, I'm a, uh, she was at that time 14-ish, I think turning 15 and was like, I was uh, acting in another movie in Baltimore and I missed the audition. Is there any way I could maybe meet you Zoom or something? And I just saw her picture and I was like, wait, she lives and she was from there. And I was just like, wait a minute and showed my wife and she was like, this seems. So then we Zoomed with her and that was another one. It's on Zoom and I still had my wife join just to be like, <laughs> just to make it feel safer, as safe as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm on Zoom. I can't do anything. Well, I guess you could, but um. Anyway, uh, she, she zoomed no, yeah, in, and I was like, right away when she was talking, she also had a little bit of a Maryland accent. Was very sweet and genuine, pretty, but also had a sense of humor, and I could tell right away. Um, it was like immediate. I was just like, that's Stacy. We got Stacy. Um, so for Marcello, though, when you see him and he's shy and he has that demeanor, which is Typically, you you see that, but then it's getting a performance, right? Of that, was he was he was he already trying in the mindset because he didn't read anything, he didn't know anything, right? Yeah, no. Because typically, that time, those you see kids like that, and you're like, oh, this is it. But then getting them to perform, yeah, and to be that subtle, yeah, and to realize that no, your shyness and your quietness is what I like. I don't want you to do vaudeville. I don't want you to, you know. Yeah, and it was tough because Marcello, and then Teddy is the other because he's like vibrant. Yeah, so it was more about when everyone says also is like teaching acting is like who are you talking about? Like whether it's an actor or non-actor is like, who is the human I'm talking to? Some actors want backstory. Some actors don't, you know, it's like everybody is different. So for Teddy, it was about like pumping, pumping up, up before a take being like, let's do this. You know, like I'm Teddy Fry. Yeah. Um, and he was much more mild mannered as a kid. So it was much less where, where Marcello, I was like just trying to make it gravity. I mean, like you're here for a reason. You don't need to do, you know, like the character of the world, you're, parachute pants are going to do a lot of the talking for you. Um, so it was a mix between those two. That's really hard for an actor in general is to, I mean, that's 
that's kind of like the skill is you're honing into doing nothing, 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 yeah, nothing because the camera can just literally mm-hmm. read your mind. So yeah. Just yeah. think it and feel it kind yeah. of thing. The less is more. That's really but hard to do. But both those kids like, yeah. were say, so stylized and so like it was so well crafted. Like, but in that you don't know you, all those. I know. You know that's I mean? why I'm so it's so like it's so know. amazing. You took two non-actors and you were able to get such like. Just detailed performances out yeah. of them. Yeah, we we did rehearsal in a way that was you know nowadays it's kind of like show up. Hi, how are you? Let's have our intense scene. Yeah, you right. know. Um, but for those guys, we we did a little uh, a ping pong camp. So with, with the bad guys, um, all, all the kid actors we had, which were also just oh like, yeah, so good. and they were. It's yeah. funny because they were also more traditional. That was a Pat Moran casting. So we had some video auditions, and then we were in a room. This is back when I guess that still happened. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and they came in, and right away, like with Lyle, I think I had watched a video or seen a picture. I was kind of like, no, but just somehow the way he did this look. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like I got it. That's it. And then with um, Andy Riddle, uh, who plays Dale, he just had this. I was like, is this Philip Seymour Hoffman, like gone haywire? <laughs> yeah. He had. He was really smart and kind of got it. Where I was like, have you only watched 80s movies? Because somehow you understand. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have to tell you what to do. He got it. He's a comedian and a, and a really good actor. Um, but one of the funnier casting was um, Maddie Howard, who plays the little cousin, Rhonda. I had envisioned that as like the the typical thing is, you know, in the sixth grade dance is like the female towering over the little yeah. boy yeah. who's not hit puberty yet. So that's what I envisioned is that she was just physically intimidating and was just overpowering. And that would be the humor of him just being like, eh. um, so Maddie had auditioned. I think she auditioned for Stacy. And she seemed very young, like even probably now. I haven't seen her in a while. Um, she probably just she's one of those people who just seems way younger than they are. Um, I, it, so it didn't feel right for Stacy. She felt a little too young. And then she came in and auditioned as Rhonda. And I was like, oh, where I think, you know, saying good directing versus bad directing. But it's like when you tell yourself, like, I was completely wrong. It's a like six year old who's only watched soap operas and that's how she's learned to live her life. So it's like watching General Hospital and then she comes in into the room and I was like, that is so much better than my silly brain and, you know, at home in my room would have come up with. So she ended up getting the part of Rhonda that was 100% where everyone else was kind of what I had envisioned going into it. That's an example of one via the audition where I was like, Oh, it's so much better. That's amazing. If it's the opposite, where she's like nine and she's coming in like watching Dallas or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. I thought it was just so well crafted, just like because you did have some just spot on '80s characters, and it was maybe dialed up to nine, but then you had the other guys playing it more natural, and it just balanced the whole world out. Like, and it just hit so many moments. I feel like you were just so ahead of your time with the throwback too. Kind like, of, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does it kind of like, feel Yeah, that then way. once anything started coming or stranger, I think all that, I was like, hey guys, here we are in yeah. 2014. <laughs> yeah. We're still I was here. like, we should re-release it, I think. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I got agents out of, I don't have agents anymore. I had agents and they were, it was kind of right in the era before everyone started doing it, but they were like, Ping Pong Summer, the TV show. I was like, I've just been wanting to do this for 20 years. I'm so tired. The last thing I ever, and they were 100% right. I should have just been like pivoted to, because there are more stories and you could just kind of use that template somehow. But um, at the time they were just, you know, that was the thing of like, make it a TV show. And I was just like, I never want to deal with this world again. But even then it would have taken 10 years to get to it. To get it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it might have timed out, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how the like the phases happen. You're like, oh, wait, I go see my nieces who are teenagers, and I'm like, you look like you dress, you're dressing in pink yeah. all summer now. Yeah. So then how did it get to an Amy Sedaris? Uh, you know, Robert Longstreet, I'm assuming you knew him. Yeah, it's funny, though, because I had to fight a little for Longstreet. I had acted with him before in Septian, and um, I just have loved him. I saw him He's in so Orner Tickell's ding a ling um, <laughs> one of my favorite early indie films from that era. He's a, another North Carolinian. And I was like, who is that guy? Oh, my God. And I remember David Green and everyone. We were just like, Robert Longstreet, Robert Longstreet, just freaking yeah. out about him. And um so so he I always just thought of him um, as Uncle Jim and then just even the can't get in, like thinking about him delivering that line of the mosquitoes. I'm just like, why would we why did we have any meeting yeah. at all to be like, should there be someone else? Like there were other names that were maybe bigger names thrown in. And I'm just like, you guys, He's I'm telling you, absolutely this is going to work. Um, and Amy Sedaris was kind of a cold, I think, uh, just an outreach. Like, we didn't know. We covered a lot of ground. So it was like Amy Sedaris and Leah Thompson and John Hanna were the producer. Um, George, I think, went out to those big names. Like, Pat Moran, the casting, was mainly for filling the void of local, the bigger parts, like the bad guys, life-saving. Without her, we wouldn't have had that whole arm of the film. Um, but as far as getting the like name name actors, I think that was really George as producer reaching out. And then Susan Sarandon, this, like to explain that is um, I had written a draft where the Miyagi character, I wanted it to be Werner Herzog as like the bleakest mentor in cinema history, <laughs> sports cinema, just like you will lose, you will die anyway. So it does not matter if you win or lose or whatever. And just eat being like, shoe. <laughs> eat your shoe. Um, so I had, I had, uh, as I said, many various versions, but then there was at that window of time, um, Susan Sarandon, I don't know if you know her connection to ping pong, table tennis. Nope. So she, she at the time now, she was dating, um, a, a younger fella. Do you know? Right. That's why. Yeah. She, um, <laughs> She's she's a ping pong champion. She's a she 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 was dating um uh, a, the founder of Spin, which is a club, which was here. I yeah, think yeah. it's gone now, but it started in New York, and it was like a kind of a high end ping pong club with bar. Um, and she was just sort of like became a champion, and I think even in New York schools, she was trying to get it into public schools of like this is a good sport. It's you know physical entertainment but it's actually fun for you so I knew she had she was kind of like written about in New York as this odd unexpected ping pong, ping -pong champion yeah. or something <laughs> so I reached out to here's where the like knowing people and kind of groundwork I reached out to Mark and Jay Duplass who had directed her and Jeffy lives at home and I'm friend those guys had left I moved here to Austin in 2012, so I think they they had kind of, like, left Austin, but I'd befriended them, and they came to see, like, Septian at Sun South By and stuff. Um, so I wrote them, and I was just like, was she okay to work with? 
You know, like I'd rather make a movie that's either not good or terrible or then dealing with, yeah. you know, like I just don't, it doesn't work for me to have um, negative energy mm -hmm. any in, any step in the process. And, yeah. And um, they said, no, she was great. She was sweet. She was awesome. Um, so I, w we sent the script to her. I think she kind of read it and was like, what is this? <laughs> and um, Jonathan, her at the time, her boyfriend read it and was, I think he was the one actually that really got sparked to be like, oh, wait, this isn't just like, it's called Ping Pong Summer, but it's also about the 80s. It's music, culture, like this could be good for all of us, you know, in the sense of like this could actually help with the brand and get ping pong out in the world. So I think he had her give it a second look kind of kind of like maybe you should. And then we met up in New York and got along. And she the funny thing is she watched Septian, the, the very weird film I made where I'm like bearded and the lead role and I was I like it. if you told me I love it, five years way. ago Susan Sarandon was watching Septian to consider being in Ping Pong Summer like um, that is a really weird she, bridge to yeah cross. it's a very strange bridge but she did it and she came for she was really there for about a week came in a day or two in advance and um, was just absolutely sweet she with the kids it. and fantastic um, that was another one was maybe a little different like I let her in the costumer kind of run with because it's the kind of thing of like, I, I thought maybe the character was a little more Boo Radley, haggard, withered, you know. And I think she had this idea of like the kind of biker Farrah Fawcett, like 80s rock vibe. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to try to talk that, you know, yeah. like it, it yeah. was one of those things where that wasn't maybe on the page what I envisioned. But I also I think at some point you need to let your point, actors you, feel comfortable. You say, th th thank you for coming. And also, thank if you it for was like here. wrong, wrong, you know, but yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah. no, I like this. Like the idea of her wielding that fish with that hair. I was like, this still tracks for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is still going to be very bizarre. And like, what is going on here? Um, so we covered, you know, just even listing those paths to casting for this one film was like discovery in a library of someone who didn't even know there was an audition the surreptitious yeah. nephew of the fixer who came in quietly to audition, then the like unexpected tried another role and then getting the names. And John Hanna too was someone we just reached out to. Leah had a good point. I had a call with her and she was kind of like um, about an hour long call and I'd never really done anything like that before. So I'm just like, you know, it's, if you're not a raging narcissist or sociopath, it's like we're all insecure. And I was just like, how am I going to, Am I going to talk her into the or, you know, like she was she was engaged enough to talk, but she she was saying her issue was a little bit like the mom is just kind of she's there. She doesn't really. And then I, I went to the default, which I would always say in a writing class, never do. It's like, but that's how it was. You know, it's yeah. like, who cares? It's not cinematic. So we can, we gave her a few things, like, for example, one where she like is as small as like her handing Rad his paddle at the end before the championship, yes. like little things like that, that felt a little bit of ownership because yeah. otherwise, but I was like, my mom was like the list keeper who would be quiet and kind yeah. of do all that stuff. And I'm like, I know that's not cinematic, but so we had to, we had a call and she was like, no, I'm down, came out and, um, it was great. And then the other, you talk about just the random miracles of casting. We had an open call in Ocean City for all the other like 20 roles. Um, and there's like the dunk, drunk tank clown, yeah, the yeah. dunk tank clown. This guy yeah. came in and just like. See, I was almost positive that was like a grip or somebody. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought the same thing. <laughs> no, this guy, uh, he was just absolutely unbelievable. He came in and was just like, 
knew them all and then was winging it. He didn't do a take that was the same every time. And I was just like, have you been a dunk tank clown? Like, <laughs> right? you, um, so we got really, and then the other one that I think is a real keeper is the like, um, I know in the wire, they say the most Maryland accent, they were trying to top themselves. It was like, Omar Little, no, 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 bode. Um, and I was like, they're, so they're trying to get as many O's into that sentence. So I wanted to top that with um, time to take a telescope photo and you can't say no. Um, and when we got this kid who came in and did the audition and he said that, I was just like, I've never heard a more Maryland accent <laughs> than what you just did right now. Like, he's I, got the part. I mean, and as someone who had the telescope photos taken at Six Flags, and those things just don't exist anymore. Do they not? No. Yeah, no. And to see that was just so like, oh, I remember. Yeah. I think I saw a meme on Facebook recently or whatever. They were like, you're this old if you know this oh, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what that is. You look inside and there's a picture of you yeah. and your friend in front of the whatever. And you don't know how it's going to be till like five o'clock when you go yeah. pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> is this even going to yes. come out? Oh, man. That's yeah. awesome. So it was a, definitely a journey, but it was about a year and a half to, like, get to actually shooting. And, wow. and so George got you all the money for that, which got George, you yeah, all the Yeah, and we had a few other producers that were, you know, also, like, helping him kind of come in with it. But George was really the – he's kind of my guardian angel. Like, if I'm going to ever make another movie, it's like – George better be excited by this script. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to happen. Um, but the community really rallied. Um, Ocean City, there was someone, that, the only other movie that had actually been shot there at the time was um, Jack Fisk, the great production designer, all-time great, Sissy Spacek's husband. David, he's done David Lynch, everyone. Um, he, one of his only directing, he did some Twin Peaks episodes, but it's called Violets Are Blue with Kevin Klein and Sissy Spacek in 1985, in the year where we were set, Ping Pong Summer was set. So I was going to try to have a like Easter egg of like, could we get, it didn't work out. Um, but some people would come up as extras and be like, yeah, I was an extra in Violets or Blue back in 85. <laughs> I'm just like, you guys really should have more movies being made because that's all anyone's talking about Austin here. Austin used to be like that for a while. It was oh, always yeah. Blood Simple. It was yeah, like, they yeah. made a movie here called Blood Simple. <laughs> no, that was it. And that Fair Fawcett went to UT. And that's all we had going for us. <laughs> Did she? I didn't know that. Apparently. Because wow. that was my mom's lure for keeping me here. She was like, Fair Fawcett went to UT. You don't have to move to LA. And I was like okay mom <laughs> wow yeah so it was a journey how long did you shoot it was 28 or 29 days so it was like a real it felt for me really luxurious um the crazy thing with shooting is that that we wrapped on a friday at like midnight one o'clock it was the pier scene when they're out and he he misses the kiss and he says the moon looks deaf and she's like what are you you're a dork um but um <laughs> we shot the pier but it, it, this is another one of the crazy thing of preparation is key. So we had the plan and then we're setting up to shoot and um, something wasn't feeling right. And Wyatt Garfield, the DP, we're just like, something's weird. And we've realized this is about after an hour of setup and lighting. And we're kind of this is finishing the movie. So we're also antsy because we're excited. We know we're going to be done. And um, the uh, we realize, wait, we don't have the pier in the shot. You know, the whole point was to be shooting at the pier yeah. and somehow all these brilliant minds of filmmakers were like, why are we pointing here? So we had to have stock and talk to Cedric, our first AD, to just do that kind of like 
this might freak you out a little bit, but like we totally, we messed up, you know, again, good communication. The crew was just like, own it. Everyone in that crew owned it. If there was a mistake made, including very much myself, but we're like, we have to relight whatever. So we got the pier in there, but that was Friday night at around midnight or one we wrapped. And then um, Monday morning, Hurricane Sandy <gasps> hit. And the pier was damaged, wow. like, very early. It ended up going north to New Jersey. But, like, I was driving out on Sunday morning, and I had um, the Take Shelter, David Wingo's incredible Take Shelter soundtrack. I was like, I have to play this because it was already starting in the sky and the mirror. Wow. So I'm literally driving out of Ocean City. Like, we made a period piece set in 85, but it may be documenting <laughs> this town that may not be here on Monday. Yeah. And then they lucked out. Everything went okay, but we were so close. Wow. We wrapped in the nick of time. Um, but and beyond that, it was great. It was 30 days of just 29 days of um, fun, fun, fun. The only moment I questioned yes. was during the montage. Yes. And they were doing the rides and yes. the guns. How did they afford that? <laughs> Where'd the cash come from Where to pay for the all the rides and the guns? The and all rides the... were probably free. Yeah, that's oh, 20 bucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, the kids? Yeah, the kids. Oh, that's yeah. I, I, he only has 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even then, wasn't it? That like ride probably would have been. Well, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, the loop roller, that ride might have been two or three bucks. I was like, he's but... hooking Teddy up, man. Yeah, he's getting... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the way he wore that looper duper whatever t shirt. Super duper looper he shirt. He wore that more than once. Yes. I also wanted that to. That felt really like a nice touch because nobody ever repeats wardrobe I know. in a freaking movie, but, pe but people in real life do it all the all time. time. Yeah, you go to vacation and you're in seventh grade in and Maryland. You've only you're you're, you're two like, I got my super duper looper shirt. Well, you got your, your, your cool <laughs> yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah, I got my, my cool, cool shirt. shirt. And yeah. then I guess I have to wear this one. <laughs> yeah. So, but then even to the point where I think I have. Or he's putting it away, right? I think she did the laundry even in one scene where I have him to like, yeah, she yeah. washed it or whatever, just to like address that of like, right. this is what that family, that's kind of the middle I, class or whatever. It sense. It totally yeah. tracked. It's like, I only brought this. We only have this much money and this is my dope shirt and yeah. I'm going to wear it all the time. Gonna Nobody's going to know, right? We're just transient here. The other funny thing is my wife and I, that's from Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, and my wife and I both, that's our both our first loop roller coaster was the Super Duper really? Looper. Yeah. So it's very the super personal. Super Duper Looper. <laughs> Aw, it's got meaning. Yeah. Okay. Well, now what? Your dad's so hot. <laughs> Your dad's so hot. Yeah. Wasn't that the line when he was jumped in the water? I like that. It was oh, a nice yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was a wink. You know, my favorite lines in the movie are, and I'm not just saying it to be humble, are like improv. Like, that's another thing I think with directing is like you you know you have this template if the script isn't there it's not going to get better necessarily you know it's only going to get worse in production but the best lines like one day at the um uh putt putt the mini golf we were we were weren't shooting and I was walking past Helena that, who plays the sister Michelle and I heard her say like my friend says I'm too cool for fun or something I was like, whoa, whoa. you know, I'm, get, I'm getting talked to by someone. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what did you just say? Yeah. She's like, I'm too cool for fun. And I was like, hello. And then she puts that in the like in the movie where you know he's just like, why aren't you having? I'm too cool for fun. It just felt so like teen yeah, or like tween so to teen. me. Were um, you were you overwhelmed because that was your biggest production to date, right? Yeah, I feel like it's suppress. It's the suppression of. 
I was never overwhelmed. I, it was always, I felt like this is what I'm, I should be doing. I felt excited. I ended up driving every day um, myself, and it was weird. I was listening to this one Elliot Smith song, became my little, I was like, is this my cuddle buddy here? <laughs> but I never had like a cry. You know, I never Aww. was like, I need to go off and have a cry. Um, they protected me pretty well, I think, my producers with any issues that had come up. Um, and we were prepared. I think we, like, we did well with our preparation and knowing. And you only had, what, 20 years? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I only had 20 <laughs> years. But but again, it was like a wonky 20 years because I'm like, if, if I was doing this at 21 or at 23 out of graduating school and, like, David Green, if I had gone and been like, I'm doing it anyway, I would have been like, what would not it have been a good like? it would not have been a good idea like so i i was very prepared um i know Su susan i think had a birthday while we were shooting and it was the day of the fish scene and i'm just like everything felt real because it's like you know a little stressful and you're kind of but there were definitely little waves where i was like am i dreaming like i'm i'm on a dock with susan's ran and wielding a fish on her birthday like yeah. this totally sounds like i would say it is <laughs> a dream i had really bizarre and then like orange crush is the big drink so everyone it was just a oh. young crew that everyone loved um that uh had a lot of fun and they'd go back to the hotel it was a location shoot in a way that i was really hoping we could afford yeah and i think that went a really long way they had um teamsters like the union at the in baltimore which is about two and a half hours from there and when we were in pre-production they're like they called one of the producers and like, yeah, we heard you got a Suits ran and we heard this $5 million movie. We got to get our guys on it, you know? And we were like, it is not a five, you know, Ryan, our producer, Ryan Zacharias is like, Let him think um, come down, please come see, you know, it's under, it's not even 2 million. It's not union. We just, we're putting all our money into this movie and he's like, got to get a guy on it. So they let, so we got a honey wagon for the first week um for the first two or three days of shoot and then it was labor day so we shot like i think it was two or three days then had labor day and got back into it the honey wagon the union guy who came down because they were all he's like I, my guys are beating down the door i gotta get my guys on this um so we're like okay we we gave got someone he took my car like the director's rental car i was like oh you can take it if you're going to baltimore i'll just i'll be here it's fine um and then when he got there he's like i don't want to go back like they're they're just like all wearing short shorts and high fiving and having fun. Like, what are they? What is this? I don't know what this is. We're like, thought your guys. I was like, can we get my car back? Can you drive the car back? Um, so I think we had to send a PA to get the car back what? from Baltimore. I see you're but, trying to flip the union, and we're gonna flip you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think someone. I think Shane Kennedy, one of our yeah, uh, someone someone short jean shorts flipped the union on that. Someone shoot. jean shorts. <laughs> Where did you put Susan Sarandon? She was just at one of the like kind of the only nice. I mean, there there are nice <laughs> hotels, but we put her at the Ocean nicest City. hotel in Ocean City. She was a trooper. Everyone was really kind of like she didn't complain, and um, yeah, she had her little dog Miss Penny there, and um, she. Uh, another thing was I think leading up to it. Um, this isn't even off the record or I'm happy to talk about it, but I think she was kind of like, what's going on or what, you know, like communication lines were getting a little blurrier cause I was focused on, we're starting the shoot. And she came down the day she showed up the day that we were shooting the Amy Sedaris, Longstreet, Uncle Jim and Aunt Peggy scene. And I think that 
I'm I'm speaking for her or whatever, but I think it placed her at ease to like see what was going on. That would make me and everyone. Yeah, every, <laughs> Amy was like, "Yo, I don't want to leave. Like, I wish Amy I had was more on fire." I mean, those two. That was one where I was like a Three's Company a sitcom. Seriously, like tantric summer of just so those good. two just having those two, <laughs> those two, so good. Yeah, they like, clicked in a way that I was like, I hoped and I thought. The other funny thing when you talk about dealing with actors, luckily I'm friendly with uh, Longstreet. He was like, I don't want to wear, I don't want to sh- take my shirt off ever for any movie. I'm not taking my shirt really? off. Really? I was like, oh man, come on, Robert, you got it. And he's like, my mom said, you, you just do it or whatever. But he got spray tanned five times and he's like, I, I look can amazing. I cuss in this? Yeah. 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 He's like, I don't even feel like I'm wearing a fucking shirt. Or I feel like I'm wearing a fucking shirt right now. <laughs> Seriously, their skin was so perfectly covered. The morning of, or the morning after the shoot, he came downstairs. He's like, my, he's like, my hotel room looks like a crime scene. Yeah, that's the spray tan. My butthole is tan. Like every inch of him was tan. But it was really helpful. Again, I think once she got there and saw, like, oh no, they, you know, they know what they're doing and we're having fun. It was great. Amy, I know, bought the book like Garland or Gaffer. Um, had put out a book of Polaroids. Just kind of everyone was making their own stuff, and Amy was like really good about like I want to buy that. And then Judah Friedlander is another one. Of Judah is, he was on Thirty Rock at the time, and I think contractually it was sort of like he wasn't supposed to do anything else. Which that's another thing. If there's a SAG strike, I'm like, are you really telling someone not? You know, it's like if you have a if you have to shoot, that's your priority. But like on a day off, like really, um, seems a little not. Caring for your talent, um, who wants to just work? Um, but anyway, he came down. Don't and, get uh, me started about yeah, insurance yeah. earnings. Oh gosh, how does that? Yeah, how does that work? If with, I can't yeah, because then you're if you can't work. But yeah. um, but Judah came down. He's great at ping pong. He's also like good, at, really good at soccer. He's he's and he's from Maryland. So that was another thing of he was kind of like, I want to help you out. And Were you guys friends from New York? No, no, no. I met him via Jonathan Brickland. So I met him at Spin and we played ping pong. I was like, oh shit, you're really good. Like I'm not even going to try to play you. He's awesome. Um, but he came down the night before um, and went straight to the art department warehouse, became the hangout. And we had tables and just sort of everyone would hang out there. Even after rapping, I was like, I think we're doing something right if an hour after we wrap everyone's still hanging yeah. out together wow. you know um it was a really really good time but uh judah came in and just demolished everyone in ping pong and then that next day when he acted it was just i was kind of like again you're not telling someone like that what to do you're trying to give them this like make sure they know they feel confident to do something and then let him run with it so we did again we didn't have all day we were busy but i would give him a few takes to just be like if you want to do anything, you know. Um, so again, within that format, and I think that like, what does he say? Like, don't fill the top up or whatever. Fill it up. Yeah, don't I'll put the lid sip, on. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, take, the yeah, sip, yeah. take the sip. That was definitely yeah. a Judah yeah. that I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I mean, everybody was. So everybody good. was so good, right? Yeah, I mean, and I think I could see how an actor would be scared because it's like the execution of that could go really, really bad. Yeah. And it, and it was just so spot on. Well, when you're talking about tone, you know, it yeah. is tough because it is really personal. I think filmmaking is a personality of like your taste buds come out somehow. So how do you it's very weird to talk about well, they take kids that don't have any reference. Yeah. And also don't 80s. have a reference. Yeah. yeah. To be so spot on with their performances. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the thing is what we decided was like it's not that different. The parachute pants are going to make you 80s, you know? Like, I think that was the thing. But just knowing that the, that self-conscious he had 
walking around in what he knows is cool, but nobody else knows is cool. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like that I feeling. remember carrying the boombox being like, I'm so rad. And people look at me going, I'm such a dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like to go from hero to zero at that age. And then him even in the mall walking, just like I got my parachute pant, but very quickly it gets lonely. Yeah, um, yeah. But that still is just like a hard uh, world to understand when you're already cell phone, social media generation. Yeah, they seem pretty good. Right? Like these kids were that crew. Somehow they were, and I, I did some playlists, you know, did the usual of like, here are some playlists. and They had to watch some 80s movies. Too, yeah, right? I definitely suggested some 80s movies. But one of the biggest was, was it called Big Fun in the Big Town? It was a Danish um, or a Dutch documentary in the 80s where a Dutch filmmaker came over and just went into New York and just started tracking down like went to LL Cool J's grandma's house and um, it was like that era and run DMC and so it's shot on 16. So that was something that I showed them and Dougie Fresh like sitting on the stoop beatboxing with the little kids beatboxing and that inspired, oh, that's another one you talk about casting, the little the little boy Oakley who is one of the beatboxers who I'm like, he looks like Brando. He came to an audition and I was just like, my sister's like, another. she came in and she's like, this kid coming in, I don't know what is going on, but oh my, he's like the handsomest person I've ever met. And he came in and he had this hair and these eyes. And I was like, are you Marlon Brando or are you Oakley? Um, and and he actually got worked into it a little more and with the beatbox scene and things. But that was one where you're kind of like, we have, we're heading in a direction. We can't afford to like totally reinvent the wheel, but also, um, can Oakley come back tomorrow? We're going to be in the fun hub. Like, get him in there. And he, I was like, if any shot, that kid's in. The movie is just better. Well, your breakdancers <laughs> yeah. were spot on, too. Yeah. Oh, and the breakdancers, yeah. We hire, We definitely put a call out and got some of them. And Marcello took some breakdance lessons to try to get a little better. And then, like I said, we did a summer camp with Jimmy Pelletier, who's a skateboard ping pong guy in D.C. And in Rockville, we had a, like, two-day crash course ping pong camp um and andy actually dale the kind of bad sidekick was the best of everyone at ping the pong best. yeah oh, at ping pong? yeah he just got he really got it with his backhand and stuff it was but so i was trying to make it i think that's the other thing of like trying to make it feel as fun there was one day when because these kids had never been on a set you know it's film yeah. so like the stakes are i mean it's always the stakes are high so I felt like that was more my job to keep. And I think it is even for seasoned actors, try to keep everyone feeling calm. But one day when we shot at the house, the the owner, the husband was down with it. And the mom was, the wife was not kind of, but they let it happen. And we sent them away for a week. We're like, your house will be back as it is. Was that the couple where the old man was shitting in the sink? Or That's my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my parents. That's my parents. My my Irish conservative. Like, that's Irish. The one I John Hanna wears my dad's Maryland State Police actual uniform. My dad was a Maryland no State Trooper. Shit. John Hanna wore that. So that was another day where I'm watching them eat lunch. And John Hanna's in the police your uniform. Dad's my dad's uniform. talking to him, and I was like, and then your dad's like this? shitting um, in the kitchen sink. Yeah. But no, it was it was the house um, where <laughs> where they live at the opening, like the the Mount Airy house before oh, right, they go right. to the beach. So you don't meet anyone there except for the kids and the parents. But um, the homeowners. The, the while we were shooting on the day, they came back and the they wife wanted to be home <laughs> freaked out was just like my home has been destroyed. You know, like the thing where you're like, we're going to 
have an issue, stay away and come back. And if there's an issue, we'll deal with it. And um, it was the one day where Emmy came up to me again, 15 year old, never, she had acted a little bit, but I'm still was new to sets and was just like, today feels different. Why does today feel different? You know, it was just this alchemy of the energy of the set. And I couldn't actually that day I couldn't transcend the awkwardness. And I was like, just hang in there. I'm like, some sets, this is a good day. So, yeah. like, and since then, uh, she went to, she went to, just graduated from NYU and is producing. Oh, I'm supposed to watch her rough cut. Um, she produced her first feature, and Marcello actually is also in film production. So, like, I was sort of apologizing to the parents as I'm like getting that older and wondering why I didn't have a plan B or whatever. <laughs> But they're like, thank you for, you know, inspiring them. And I was like, but did I? Was that the right call? (laughs) Um, But it was a really pleasant experience to the extent where they're all like, yeah, we want to do this for a living. Wow. Yeah. So have you, you keep in touch with everyone, do you think? Yeah, it's it's been a while. Emmy was here for South by Southwest, so I just saw like actually saw her for the first time in years. Um, and then Marcello and Miles. It's been a while now. Just I have a four and a one year old, so I'm like I barely talk to my wife. Um, yeah. So like talking to the people I've directed, um, it's it's been a while. But I try to keep up. A That's why bit. you're like, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whenever <laughs> you guys want me to come. Yeah. Yes, I'll do it. I'll talk on a podcast? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> People will can listen. I get, I get to talk? I get, can I get out? Okay. Adults yeah. that I get to talk to? Yeah. Gaga Google. We're getting into language with the little one, so it's getting real fun. But um, but yeah. when you're out of hair jail, you use applesauce. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other day I was like, that is a style tip, man. He was just like, <laughs> I was like holding in place. I'm like, applesauce works. This is my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your casting process and yes. how you make decisions and how you go about it and what you like about it. You know, just sort of. I feel like it's very instinctual for me. It's very gut of like, or even to say Heather with you and the Jack Ingram project um, that we did. I just felt right away. I was like, Heather and Jack, I feel like there's, you know, this. So, so a lot of it is, um, but then with like the Irish film, I made a film in Ireland called Don't Leave Home um, a few years ago. And that was going out to certain actors. But um, a, a case of gut instinct, I had gone out to a comedian, David McSavage, who play, who, who's in the movie, he plays the butler. And I reached out to someone to ask about him and he and uh, who had directed him, who had met at a festival. And he was like, well, he's a comedian. He's not an actor. Like not, you know, just saying is like he's his energy level is, is maybe different than trained actor. Um, and he's like, but there's this one guy, Lala Roddy, that I've worked with that I, I'm telling you, he's the best actor I've ever worked with in my life. Um, and I hadn't heard of Lawler. And I looked him up and right away looking at him, I was like. Oh man. And then um we sent the script to him and I did a little meeting and it was just right away. It was like, oh my God, you're the you're the person. So that so was the one This is Don't Leave Home, right? So speak a little bit about that. Like was uh, this is a film that you made in Ireland. And so was Anna Margaret your only the lead actress? Was she your only stateside actor and then everybody else was cast in Ireland how do you cast and crew and everything yeah with with the crew um we it started um I brought cinematographer production designer um Wyatt Garfield Bart Mangrum 
And then Ryan Zacharias and George Rush are my uh, American producers, typically. And then Ryan, at the time, his girlfriend, um, Amy, was is a hair makeup artist. So we were able to bring, because we're like, oh, that'll save on housing if Ryan and Amy are living together. Just kind of cut that corner, <laughs> you know, in some ways, even though every little bit helps. <laughs> and then the rest was really, we partnered with an Irish production company who um, did a lot of the crewing over there and then just kind of interviewing people. And then with Anna Margaret, I mean, it, all these movies, and I've, Anna Margaret wouldn't be um, feel insecure here. It's like we initially, it was a $2 million movie going to bigger names, playing the game, you know? And then as years go by, it took about four or five years and we said, what can we make this for that doesn't feel like I'm skimping and kind of like, oh, I wish I had had more and this isn't worth doing. Um, so we ended up getting whatever, hundreds of thousands of dollars versus millions. And at that point, as the budget came down, I was like, could I, I just felt like Anna Margaret was the right energy for that. And I was like, could, and, and I think with the money being maybe not so high stakes or whatever, that's and then trying to sell it as genre, even though it's not really a horror movie. Um, trying to just say like, let can we just cast someone that I trust that I think is going to be good? Yeah. And so, so and but that, if it had been two million, I think that conversation, as you know, goes <laughs> unfortunately very different. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Just that conversation. Yeah. Well, you tell me, Mister uh, Professional. You, yeah. What? Where's this fucking blue book that everyone seems to know except for me? Sales, sales companies, what people's value is in yeah. different territories across the world. And so, so they do have a like. I mean, literally you, have... you can take, you can get estimates from a sales company, and that it's it's bankable. You can go get, you can go get loans off of it. You know. Do you think that's changed? I mean, I know. I think I it like is changing. You guys did that with David stuff, the Austin stuff, right? Or with like. I yeah, I mean, like I, I, that was my first with David. It was with uh, like Joe. It was like we did it for so low with that name. There's so much value in the, in, in the name. He was like, we don't, we don't have to worry about it. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. You Which get was that I was like, somebody's going to at some point. It was my name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a totally <laughs> green right? the whole oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just had me. You didn't need some, I was like, I was like, at some point, <laughs> someone's going to say, you guys can't do this. He's like, no. Keep going. And I was like, at some point, right? Someone's gonna I'm like, we you know we had homeless people. We had like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, I was like, jamming. someone's he gonna went and got. someone's gonna call us and say, you guys can't do this. And he's like, nope, keep going. Yeah, so we just we were just covered, you know. Yeah, which we, I will say too, like the homeless guy. What was his name? Gary. Gary. Gary yeah. Yeah. Who he passed. He passed. Yeah. He was really incredible. He's great. Yeah, it was. Amazing. I mean, it was a great performance. You can't fake. You managed um, to get. And then the Sam's Barbecue guy, right? Yeah. Um, um, I forget his name now, but um, I know when David had met him, and it's just like, you can't fake these accents and these. Well, energies, I remember we were, right? we were sitting around the table, and they're like, "Where are we gonna get these day workers from?" And I was like, "Day labor center." Yeah. <laughs> Outside yeah. Home Depot. Yeah, I was like, I just yeah. went to day labor center, and just was like, we interviewed everybody there, you know. Yeah. And they were awesome. It just yeah. comes, some things just come with a texture that's really hard to recreate. Yeah. Well, for that one, my main thing was like, I'm from small town Texas. I was like, I just don't, I want it to be as authentic as possible. Yeah, you don't want yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And then David's so good at just like, the, the thing is at that point is just make the person be comfortable. Like you're putting them in a position that you trust this is the right fit. So their their job isn't yeah, he's to like do anything, that. you yeah. know. He's and great. And you can like charm that like telephone pole over there you know and just be like yes i'll do whatever you want for me he's great at making people feel comfortable making it work because i remember even for like a lot of the day laborers they got in they didn't even know nicholas was in it you know and that was like he got in the truck and they were like oh oh my god <laughs> yeah that uh, would be weird 
My favorite was they were at some fancy restaurant over off South Congress, and it was David, Gary, and Nicholas. And I imagine everyone at that place was like, "What, what is, is happening?" In this? Yeah. <laughs> I remember David telling me, "I don't, I don't think it's hyperbole or David being David, but um, yeah, they were it went to just to a dive bar, and then someone came up to him and was like, "Hey, man, I just want to say like, um, it was like a biker guy to Nicholas Cage was like, "Hey, man, I just want to say like, um." Captain Corelli's Mandolin is like my favorite movie, you know? And he's like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you thought he'd be like The Rock or something. Oh, yeah. God. But yeah, with that, I'm a big, I mean, I think it's just harder, as you know, is like the the that battle always of like putting a name versus not a name or being like the movies I like to watch are kind of, I mean, I watch everything and I like great acting and, but like the movies that have discoveries and people who are not actors are as exciting to me. So it's just my nature. There's a sweet spot for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mixing. And then if you're doing it within the film, which kind of ping pong summer and that is just an alchemy where again, I'm proud of it and I'm not, I'm not self-deprecating about it or anything, but like the sense that it wasn't a pop of Sundance, you know, in a way that it could have been because it had all the right ingredients might have been that alchemy of just being like, um, you know, I think Will Oldham actually when he I think it was he was like, that's the most experimental movie I've seen in five years. He wrote me after he went in Louisville when it opened and he said something just to be like it felt like almost like a sensory you know, like an experience of visiting more way. than, and I mean, taking chance of the things that you do that you're not supposed to is like before the finale in ping pong summer, the dad sits down and says, we'll love you no matter what, even if you lose. So it's like infinitely cutting the stakes right away. Right. Yeah. Or trying to, in a way that I was like, I want to put that into the, the world rather than the, like, you better come home with a W yeah. or, you know, or whatever. It just wasn't honest for my experience, but choices like that, that I a thousand percent stand behind at the same time, I could see maybe how they undercut the kind of like movie aura of it or something. But I don't don't think so either, but it's nice that you having like owned those things and stuck to what you valued. So then it it doesn't matter when it It doesn't matter. Yeah, It still feels like a W (laughs) to you. Right, still yeah. feels like a win. Cause, did you when you went out for casting, like, or when you do go out for casting, are you looking for someone? Like, do you have a specific someone or something in mind that you're trying to find, or are you more ambiguous about it? We've talked to other people who are like, as much as I love the ten people who played these roles, I can think of ten other people who would play them just as well. Oh, and then there's yeah. other people who are like very specific. See, I don't think for for this, I was thinking about that. And for yeah. this, I feel like you, these it had to be this. What this. ping pong summer? You're yeah, saying, yeah, yes. ping pong summer had to be. This had to be group. kind of cobbled together the no, way it was. Uh, yeah, or, it had yeah. to be this group of people because it was just so balanced, so perfect. But a former director would have said, yeah. "I could think of five other actors who could have played." Roddy, or uh, sorry, I can't remember her name, Susan Sarandon's role. Oh, yeah, Randy Jammer. Randy Jammer. <laughs> Could have played Randy Jammer Con- with their own Contact version the ball. of it. Yeah. Right? I, I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. one where. What was it? What, is it Contact the Ball? ball making Contact. The Ball Making Contact. Oh, man. Um, but no, I think now I'm with you on that of like, this is, you know, these are the choices we made. This is the film we made, hypothetical. Whereas someone did, like, Don't Leave Home, I definitely was open with the Shelley, the like the Irish characters. I was kind of open to seeing what people would bring. I still feel like I'm at a place where it's a kind of a desperate 
outreach for anyone to kind of be who in your film. Who will come play with me. Yeah, who will yeah. come play. So I don't I, I, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of like, I could just maybe put the word out that something new's cooking. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> going to be like <laughs> coming to show up at the coffee shop. Um, but so I also, I really do think it's um, project dependent. I've, you know? I've worked yeah. in some offices with some, some high profile directors and it's like, you know, it's like uh, they say, you know, a name. I'm like, yeah, you guys got them. Like, you got it. Whoever you want. Like, your job's easy. Yeah. Like, you all you gotta do is make the phone call. Yeah. 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 You know? uh, yeah. That's where, like, even like when people say, "Oh, casting's so great." I'm like, they, they pick anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just like if you if you're working on a certain level with someone, it's like just picking. I think it's where you're like, maybe I don't even know if you do it. Of like, could I have some to spice up your job or whatever is like um to do like if it's kids or whatever and you say oh we, we have at least a few that are going to be not just wrote make a phone call and we got the gig booked or whatever you know i mean nobody ever everybody calls me to do like nation walk the streets and nationwide searches mm -hmm. like i didn't mean to get niched into that world but yeah it seems like a lot of times they're like we want to discover people which is it's fun yeah yeah I mean, but cast station does like is known as yeah, oh, yeah. they're we do real like, people casting. Yeah, we do real people casting. Yeah, and that's what I even when I started, you know, when we went to this COVID and I helped other. Oh, oh, John and Carmen, you work for John and Carmen, yeah? They they do good people. Okay, oh, I'm gonna put them on the list, and I'm all like, I have no idea what the job's about, but I'm like, y'all about to get a call, and I'm yeah. probably yeah. gonna be <laughs> yeah. on the street. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> doing doing the other, you know, making the offers and. We do all that too. It's just it's a much simpler process. It's like it just you play this game of create this list, and then you just start checking. You know, putting yeah. offers out and checking schedules and seeing if they're into it. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like did you, you know. did you worry about any of your offers? Like maybe Leah Thompson's gonna turn up and shit the bed, or you know, no, like I wasn't worried about. I don't think I'm trying to think of because nobody read for you, right? Of the no, offers, no, no, people. no reading. Uh, almost even the kid. Well, we did with the kids a little bit, but I even I would I say mean, even, like the big names. Yeah, they didn't read for you. No, no, no. Right. But I'm saying even when it comes to like non non professional mm -hmm. casting, I wouldn't put ne necessarily be like got to get you in a room with lines. Like it's very organic to me to be like comfort level, trust. Are we on the same page? Are we having the same conversation? And then putting a lot of faith and trust in that happening. Um, I mean, in Don't Leave Home, I'll say this isn't I, again, I'm like, I don't I'm not speaking out of turn. But Helena um, Breen, who's incredible as Shelly, who plays the kind of. Oh, yeah, she was yeah she's <laughs> awesome. Um, she on her last day um, had her big monologue and she's from the theater also. So that was another thing where I thought, oh, if you're in the theater, you have your you'll have your lines memorized more easily. That was just me maybe being ignorant. Um, and, it, and it could be, you know, it's the same thing. But but Shelly on the day kind of went blank. And, you know, she was she again wasn't doubling down and being like, it's all your fault. Like mm -hmm. a lot of actors or other people, crew members just blame someone else. She was kind of like, she was like, fuck Michael. <laughs> fuck Michael. I don't know. Where, and like, it's OK. You know, like, it's OK. We'll work it out. And then Wyatt, the DP, actually really helped on that where he was like, we'll do a take from behind and go through the blocking and then we'll do wild lines and then we'll also get as many takes from front and piece it together, you know, in a way that I was like, oh man, that's really that's smart. Brilliant. I don't know if I would have thought of that. Yeah, because yeah. I had no idea. Like, 
I didn't trust her the moment I saw her. So oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. And also, we started with that low angle up to give yeah. it that little gothic, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. eyebrow. Like, oh, oh yeah. My her gosh, eyebrows yeah. are. I mean, theater's cool. also like a month of rehearsals. That's so. the other thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. So it's not just like, oh, I remember it the night before. It's like, you're, it's, yeah, it's wrote. Time. At that point, you're just like, it's in your brain. In yeah. brain. But so, anyway, she she did great and she got it and she's so good. And we, we got it that way. We got there together. But the crazy thing with that was um, the Irish crews are just incredible. Like it's militaristic in a way. And they only do 10 hour days. So we were shooting effectively it was 20 days. But for what we were used to U.S., it was like 17 and a half days. And we had like hundreds of scenes. It was like and it seemed like an impossible situation. But what it was was we would just sprint for five hours, an hour break, sprint for five hours and be done, like pretty much eight to seven or whatever it was, like almost most of the time. We had one or two splits. But um, um, that day, Helena, when I was like, Helena, do not worry about the language because we're behind you. We can't see you, but it's all about the blocking going through. She went on some like stream of consciousness poem I don't know what it was but the words that were coming out were not the dialogue <laughs> and it was to the extent where the crew was like pissing themselves like our gaff gaffer is always usually the one who's like you know everyone's yeah. laughing it's like whatever yeah. was like um our script supervisor who was again talking about these militaristic crews or like you you never you know hierarchy all these things that I'm not usually like that but I respect it but she she like snorted because she couldn't stop laughing. Um, oh so it was this like cathartic moment for everyone, including Shelly. Like we weren't laughing at, she was also in on it kind of like, this is absolutely insane. But it was one of those moments that ends up being like, uh-oh, at lunch, we're like, what are we gonna do? And try to turn it and salvage it in a way. Um, but again, that's not throwing her under the bus. It was she, she was in the moment. She was like, I don't know what happened. I had the lines, she had them the whole shoot. And just this day, it's something happened, you know? And then I think it's our job to not be freak out and just yeah, say, like, yeah. how can we make this work? Another one in Don't Leave Home was one of it's, it's a small crew, and it was written that way because it's a small budget or small cast. The little girl, this, we really only had a few auditions that came in via the casting, um, being the producers there. Um, so just real quickly, did you just only you were in America watching tapes of Irish actors? No, that was when I was over there. So we were about six weeks. Oh. I went over there. I think we were six weeks out. We went and over, had some casting sessions. Yeah, and in had person. casting in addition to meetings and locations. And we were kind of just like embedded there. The Americans were outside Dublin and we just kind of dove in. Um, but this little girl who had never officially acted before. And I was just doing it on my phone, just kind of like trying to keep it chill. And um, there were a few others who were nervous, as they should be, whatever. And then this other one, she's like, I'm sorry. Um, it just said something in a way. And I was like, what? She, the only time in like 17 and a half, 18 days um, or 20 days total, I guess, that Anna Margaret broke character or kind of dropped a line in, in like 20 days. She just was like nailed it every time, um, could do variation, whatever. But like was when the little girl spoke to her the first time. Oh, God. She just was like, line? <laughs> <laughs> like, the girl, like, was this little... Was that the scene at the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, yeah, it was when she meets her at the end. We shot that yeah. very yeah. early on, actually. Um, oh, we right. shot the ending early, which is also good. because she's it was like, like, 
all of us? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, and I knew. She's like, <laughs> I knew. I'm here to take you home. But all so that was us. another case of in the casting. I was like, wow, you are, I yeah. don't know if you want to do this or not. It's all subjective. So someone, but I just got a sense. And then when she showed up on set and did the one line, yeah, it was l- literally in 20 days, the only time Anna Margaret was like, can we do an or stop? <laughs> she was just like shocked <laughs> was like, out of her My skin. My brain just broke. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> we have to go again. <laughs> and that's when you know you're just like, okay, I think we cast properly here. Yeah. So was that the only, so you guys planned to go over there for six weeks and do location, do casting. Was that the only time you did it before you came home, got ready and went back and shot? No, we we went right into the shoot. Oh. So for about a year or two, I'd been going over there for meetings and I met Lawler and Helena. Um, but the other thing was the location that we had actually fell through while right when we were getting on the plane to the go house? over the house, which is kind of the whole shoot. That's yeah. the whole movie. Um it was going to be in Wicklow and like where they shoot all the Irish, most of the Irish films in the right South of Dublin. And um, as we were going over there, they're like, Oh, that first weekend of the shoot, there's a small music festival. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, I'm picturing like bagpipes like or like, yeah, like some mandolins. <laughs> it was an EDM festival oh, of no. like 8,000 people. <laughs> no way. So I was like, we're not going to, even on that, even on the opening weekend, it's enough to derail a 20-day shoot. So the location completely fell through. Um, So then we had to find another one um, that ended up being that house that was perfect. And the homeowners even kind of like took ownership and kind of were like, Charlie was fixing the water for the rain day. He's like, I'll fix you up. I'm going to get the water pipe going. You know, like everyone was in on it. Um, but that was the thing where when you go over and you're like, well, at least we have the location. Right. And then you're like, EDM festival, 8,000 people. (laughs) Like things. I think that's where that, it just, after you do enough of these, you're like, it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah, It'll work out. Right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, and again, that was just, it was control that was written to be, you know, understanding the logic of this is a small film. And then we came back here for two days to shoot, um, the American portion. But that was where I I actually, I didn't feel like it was going to work out because the art gallery we didn't have. So it was on a Monday. So we had one week off. We wrapped the movie. That's a weird feeling when you talk about being nervous or overwhelmed. The past three things I've shot, um, I've been, I've woken up in the middle of the night with like, it's not even leg cramps. It's like the whole lower half of my body is like, bone cramping or it's very hard to explain but like with the Suzanne Vega film we did here Lover Beloved it's I think I suppress I'm like physically suppressing any nervous energy to be like this is great we're having fun (laughs) and I also don't sit down like my art AD over in Ireland who's now doing like normal people and Game of Thrones and like huge stuff like I probably wouldn't be able to get him now Um, he was like you're the most hands-on like you don't sit down man and you're like helping lift stuff and I was just like I can't you know it's like I'm not gonna just sit over there in the corner but now I think I might need to sit over there in the corner or drink more water so I think I'm like it's really important to me to have the create the atmosphere that it's all calm and everyone's happy yeah. And then, yeah, um, it's damaging to live off that anxiety and those nerves for yeah. too long. Fortunately, I only direct once every nine years. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you say I can feel my legs. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't have. Yeah, it's very hard to describe. There was one morning where I think the three of us, Bart, the production designer, was across the hall in this Dublin 
um, apartment we were in and he was cramping up and I was, no so I was way. like at four, it was like in the room across the hall. Um, I think yeah. all of us were just ah. <laughs> getting the, the nerve cramp. Well, so like on a side note, what do you think about that? 10 hour days or 14 hour days? How we, did it By feel? the end, Wyatt and I, Wyatt Garfield, DP and I were you all, were like, this like, is the way to believer. go yeah. in the 10 hour day. Um, we worked really fast, but again, those Irish crews, like from the very first day, I didn't, set this mode, I think it was Cedric, or, or not Cedric, um, Dara, the AD, um, rolling, action, stop, turn, look away, look down, no eye contact, like no, you know, the crew just immediately, like it was just somehow in their DNA to That's like look down in a way, badass. respect, like crazy stuff that I was like, oh, I just assume like <sighs> everyone's going to try to be cool and... um that's like, why, why do we, we both I'm having it, like, like some kind of epiphany if I felt that energy in the room yeah that would instantaneously help me get from A to B faster yeah because half of what I'm doing is like blocking people out there's like 50 people yeah. in a room yeah yeah, yeah. Holy shit that's kind of rad yeah and I don't know if again they just trained that I don't think it started with like, like start, it started with like the first film right and then it just kind of they were yeah like, this is it, how it we felt do it. like an industry thing yeah. so there was something to be said for um I really liked the crewing situation there um and I would definitely yeah, like George, I was asking, I was like, what about this strike stuff? He's like, it's a dumpster fire. Let's go back to Ireland and see yeah. what we can get going <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. Um, but no, I had a really good time. But there was something about the cruise there that was just... Um, Someone in really their history great. is a maniac. Yeah, 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 yeah. That <laughs> was just like, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, it was like Peter O'Toole or yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, or whatever, <laughs> and then everyone's like... And then for the next 20 years... Jesus, anytime like, they say speed... <laughs> It's actually called the Peter O'Toole. Yeah. <laughs> we use the Peter O'Toole, O'Toole. method over here. Um, I'm over here like trying to picture the boom. That would be amazing. Right? Well, and you're trying boom, to dig it. Some, yeah, that's funny because you know I'm thinking mean? boom actually had, I mean, I, they're, you know, they're doing they're something different, the but they're also frame. like, somehow it was still, a, it was, it, it was worked, in a respectful, controlled yeah. way um, that I think like that's our so crews cool. here. Well, again, there's great crews. It depends on who you're working with here. Were the casting sessions over there the same? It was really minimal at that point because we had so few, like David McSavage had been cast and Helena and Lawler, and then it was um, just the girl. Like, I'm trying to think even. Oh, and then the um, the uh, uh, parliamentary figures, the British, the, mm-hmm, the masked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, all those guys. The that auction, was the a auction. scene. That was one of those, like, this is kind of like a um, Veep or something or one of those shows that was the French actor show. They're, my dad is one of them. So my dad, my dad's from Ireland, so I have Irish citizenship. So that's also why I kind of wanted to make a movie over there. So my uncle Mark, his brother, flew from London. So two of them were like Tully's. And then the other ones were just these random extra casting guys. But they were having so much fun where I would just walk past and I'd be like, I wish I was just hanging out with you guys. One of them got up and um, was the producer's dad just walked into the woods to pee but tripped. And it was just kind of like, but in that outfit. It it was was like wigs. It was very (laughs) surreal happening. Um, And that night that we were... um, shooting them walking out into the bus and it was raining and all Wyatt was looking at me like are we are we really doing is someone this giving is us money shut. to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was but, but very... so the casting it definitely was different because it was really I think I'm trying to think about it it may have only been the little girl role that I actually had to but was it like have. a similar scenario 
Like they come to a room. Yeah, they came to the production office. I went into a a small room with each of them without anyone, you know, and their parents were outside. And um, I think one of them actually, though, the mom was in, and I was not going to say, you can't come in. Um, I let them decide. And uh, it was just, again, meeting at someone. That was lines, though. I did have them kind of do the lines. And this one, she just absolutely nailed it. You know, I was like, we're done here. I don't need to see anyone else. Um, And that's just instinct because then you're like, yeah, how does all this stuff work? It's kind of subjective. You commit to it. And so have you ever had anybody on the day show up and kind of shit the bed for you? Where like you're like, I thought we had this nailed and now you're over here doing something totally weird that I can't. Correct? How can I tell this story? Because I think this is maybe my best casting, directing actor story without throwing anyone under the bus. There was a day player who didn't have a line in one of the movies I've made that may have been spoken about here today. Okay, this is working. <laughs> this is working well. Um, and they kind of have to just sort of walk over somewhere, you know, like kind of walk over here, and then the actor interacts with them, but there's not an exchange. Um, and we did our rehearsal, and you did an audition or you just no 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 you just Th- this was this cast because i was here's it where you're like this person doesn't speak all your that, yeah, wardrobe perfect this yeah. is absolutely okay. perfect um the walk over and the performance was like giving nine different like did you trip are you running are you skipping what the, to the point what where is this is the like we're, we're this is rehearsal on the day so we're getting ready to shoot and um i was like okay rehearsal's up um the person does this the entire crew looks at me just turns and looks at me like and I was you like, do know that walking is one of the hardest things for an actor to do yeah like unself-consciously it wasn't just the walking <laughs> i was like Okay, what here I'm the... earning the big bucks. That might have been my shit my pants moment. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is the easy. This is the easy one. This yeah. is the day that I'm like checked yeah. out. Um, so he, this my is the trick. Day checked out. And this is this be. is what I. Well, yeah, you think it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this, yeah. is, this is the like, last thing I'm gonna yeah. have to worry about. Yeah. And, and then now you I'm work like, harder than ever. Oh before. my god, this is the hard. This is the like. This is what I'm getting paid the huge bucks for. Yeah. Um, so what I did was again, we were shooting film, but we were trying to do. I mean, I'm not a like, uh, even if someone was like, you could do 70 takes today, I'd be like, why the fuck would you do 70 takes? Um, <laughs> like, I just said, ne- it's not in my nature. Um, so doing four to six kind of was the zone, you know, three to six. Um, so what we do was, I two, just. Two on this one, it should have been. Yeah. Right. In my mind, I was if like, not more one. than three. Yeah, it should have been, yeah, <laughs> two as the like safety. Yeah. Um, and you but, can't cut this. Um, it just was. It's um, important. It's the, it, it, the walk. It made the whole. Well, yeah, the, it, it sets the it scene of to. the environment is here. Um, I'm trying to. Be, got it. Got it. No, you're good. Um, you're good. So, um, <laughs> what what I did was I said nothing other than that's awesome. <laughs> let's let's go. Do it again. Let's roll camera. Do it. That was so good. Okay, so we have that one. That's great. <laughs> so now let's try. Just a little. So you're thinking, just, I got to get this guy comfortable or girl. I got to get them it, comfortable and, it took four, and relax. And by the fourth one, I was like, now just for hyper safety, we have it. We have that first one that's incredible. Just just literally just walk up um, and then turn when he says something and then, you know, skedaddle. Um, and it was absolutely perfect. Um, and then, yeah, the art director, Bob, came up to me. He goes, I think you just taught that person how to act. <laughs> 
I think but you may like, It's a good trick. It's also, oh, wait, we got to change the light or we got to just so they don't implode on themselves. Yeah, because right. the instinct is, I mean, I, I, the entire crew was looking at me like, yeah. oh, God, oh, no. oh, God. Um, and rather than going it. into like David O. Russell or, I mean, yeah. I, well, yeah, I don't have firsthand experience, but, but I'm horror stories some experience. Um, just okay. like not going from to 100, let it settle, let that happen. Um, and the same thing happened with even to the extent where, say, there's like an insert of, you know, whatever, like the foot going down um, and we needed to get that insert. Um, it was like, how is this foot performance? <laughs> So distractingly not working. I didn't think that was possible. Same deal of like, now let's just do one totally for safety. That's good instincts, like, man. It's really smart because that person already is just right. at a nine in nerves. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I think, you know, the thing is, I think it was a nine in confidence. Oh, wow. Which was a That's little even oh, scarier. Even scarier. Yeah, yeah, it was right? a little more. Shit, I think you've used this line of directing on me now. That I'm <laughs> no. trying to work. It sounds really familiar. Okay, we've got that one. Now let's just try this. I think any I think everyone does it, but um but that was a very specific. <laughs> let's just example. see the foot just come in. Yeah, just, just see the foot in. just come just in. Come in. Yeah. Now but, just you're just a cheerleader. Foot. Just yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. Whatever you want. It's fine. We got it. But that's the other fun thing with directing is you're like, oh, today is an easy day, and then something and comes the up where you're like, is this turning into how did this happen? Like, and just trying shit. to stay. I just only work better. I mean, I've never worked better when someone yelled at me in any job I've had growing up. If someone right. yelled at me, I would want to give them the finger and leave, but I probably wouldn't. I would, But I would not be like, now I want to really do good for you. Yeah. Like, no. So I think it's important to just, like, create an atmosphere and let people, you know, do what they're doing, whether it's actor or not. But have an answer, ultimately, you know. Have an answer for every question. Do you feel like auditioning is the best process for getting the actors you want in certain roles? Oh, you know, I would say no, kind of. Like, I... Yeah, I feel like meeting someone and talking to them, for me personally, um, if they're a non-actor and never done it before, I do think maybe there's something to be like, can we play and try some stuff, not be like... So yeah, we basically we will go in and we'll just talk to them on camera, and then if we feel like there's something there, then we'll bring them in, and then we'll try to see if they can... They can play. So you just do an energy, like yeah, just a vibe, kind of like, yeah. what's your, yeah. yeah. And just kind of talk to them a little bit. And then maybe I'll say, you know, hey, try to say this to me, you know, and we'll play around a little bit. If they're, if they're, if I have a lot of confidence in them and then we bring them in and we're like, let's see if they can, they can actually do something. And does that depend on like, are they doing something that might be out of their, out of that wheelhouse? Or do you think at that point it's within? I think it's just, I mean, it's, it, as you know, when you're walking around, it's just like, you're just like pinged. You're like, something's interesting about that. And, and, and I kind of have a, a sense of of just energy and what I'm looking for, and then I I get turned to somebody, and then and then I just then then it's that whole you know hey you want to do be a movie and they're like you're full of shit you know what are you <laughs> trying to what do you want to sell me yeah and then convincing them get them comfortable and then a lot of times you're just like oh my god they're amazing and then they come in and you see if they can they can say some words yeah, yeah. that are not their yeah. own yeah. yeah yeah that sounds to me like a good yeah or but are, I, I also but I also workable? believe that them being able to just sit in a room by themselves and, and say some words isn't what we're actually hiring them to do. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to play off somebody. And, and so it's like, it's a, it's, I don't think the process is the best. Yeah. And even like Mark's coverage, all that is like, doesn't apply to, can you talk to this small camera in a room? Yeah. I think it's like, 
Yes. The, like with the kids, even that, with training and ping pong summer. I feel an itch coming on. Um, that was really something of just trying to talk them through it, really. Well, and that's the kind of I'm thing where, crying. like, no, yeah, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> you're good. It just makes you me do so you. <laughs> Go ahead, cough. Talk I'll about talk for casting. a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's some of those things are the as an actor, they're things that you you learn by fire. Like you don't know. Like I remember the day that I was on a miniseries and had my first close-ups. And it had never occurred to me before for some reason because you don't, you train to act with other actors and to play emotions and to create scenes and live life, but you don't necessarily train for the camera and whatnot. And so some of those yeah. things you only learn on the day, whereas like, I have okay, now class. we're turning for your coverage and they're gonna put a little piece of tape on the <coughs> on the box, and that's the other actor, you know. And I didn't know any of that was gonna happen, and so that was like, oh, now I have to figure out how I act to a person who's not even there. In fact, the actor left. A bunch of metal and a bunch of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. and the actor I'm actually in the yeah. scene with went back to her trailer, and so now I'm just hearing the voice of some, you know, PA or AD or whatever. Yeah, in the I in the one, but I mean two. In undergrad, I had acting for TV and film, and now it's the only. Only time I ever worked with a camera. And I remember, really? yeah, I remember our teacher, she was an actor and she had told us, she's like, this is who you have to imagine. Like, you have to. That's so good. And it's like, if you're, if I'm in love with you, I'm like trying to picture in my mind yeah. while I'm staring down the lens. Though by the time I got out of school, we don't really always stare down the lens. Now, now we're like slightly off yeah. the lens. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. I just got it like a mini, mini, mini. Yeah. Lesson and then graduated, moved to Austin, started training. There's no cameras in class, not in the classes I took. Yeah. So again, I'm getting used to yeah. feeling like I'm back on stage. And then when I finally got on set and there's this huge camera on the table. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. This is a person. Remember, this is a. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward. Yeah. And those are skills that I imagine those kids. Yeah, we tried. Didn't have any. We of. tried to have them, you know, off camera. Everyone was down, and they don't know any better, so they're not like I can go to my trailer now, or not that they had a trailer, <laughs> right. but like, no. But even Susan Sarandon, everyone off camera, John and Leah, they were all kind of like, "Oh wait, if you need me, I've been fortunate enough to work with." I don't know of any actor. That's good. I don't think I've ever worked with actually anyone who's like, oh, I don't need to be here. I mean, I think they they always want it themselves, so it's like you yeah, give yeah, yeah. to get, you know? Yeah. 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 So I think that's the thing that has proven with the Lover Beloved, the last film I did that was um, Susan Suzanne Vega doing a one is based on her one woman show where she performs as the Southern writer Carson McCullers. So it's a one woman monologue film. We had her not talking to camera, but off. So it was a C stand with a tennis ball that we would call we called tennis ball Williams instead of Tennessee Williams because <laughs> he's referenced. So that just became a thing where it'd be like stressful. I'd be like tennis tennis ball Williams over here. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Um, but it's like you come up with that stuff, and that that was a very different experience because that's literally she's talking to. And I feel like that's a lot like auditioning, right? Yeah. It's all in your so head. So like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're having to create all of that. 
I feel like it's not, I mean, again, you're as, as actors, it's different. Um, and I'm trying to actually, I think it'll make me a better director to go on the other side of performing, um, with the little bit I've done. I enjoy it, but also like, I think it only will make me a better director. For sure. It will, for sure. I, I did direct at some point and I found it so hard to direct actors and I didn't, I wasn't ready for, like you thought this is the easy day and you were checked out. I was like, it should be easy for me to direct actors. And then on the day. I was really struggling with like what to tell certain people to get certain things out of them. Yeah, mm. I was like, "Why isn't this going? Why isn't this working? What am I doing?" Just have fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great. So we do that, but totally different. Yeah. Faster, faster, but better. Yeah. Faster, Just say but everything better. faster. Yeah, yeah. I want to do another one, but better. <laughs> this time, don't suck. <laughs> yeah, I've it, never said that. No, no. <laughs> you have to say that on your next one. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you seem smart, man, to like not draw attention to it and you know make yeah. them feel comfortable. That's the main thing. Just get if they get in their if they get in their head. Oh, it's then over. It's over. Yeah. Then it's totally then they don't over. Feel it's safe over. Anymore, yeah. and then yeah. they, they can't really play or relax. Even with yeah. Helena, who's a real pro, you know, a pro actor who's been on the stage and and gave it her all and was great and just had a day where she was like, mm-hmm. you know, admitted it. I was also so grateful that she wasn't doubling down because so many people I've seen who you get feel challenged or you're nervous about something and then start lashing out that it's everyone else's fault or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to create a space where they know that they can be, you know, feel free to admit that. of yeah, like it's a human moment. Yeah. Because yeah. people forget I'm actors human. are humans. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, Especially like the crying or the heavy scenes, you know, when you have those days and they know it's coming and there's all the pressure and the expectation is to cry and then they don't cry. And it's like, how do you, yeah. how do you get them there? Yeah. Smack them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Was it the, who was it that I read? Was it not Sidney Lumet? Someone did a smack and was like, I'm never going to do that again. But And the actor was actually like, no, 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 that worked. Thanks. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> We're all you got me there. Sadomasochist. <laughs> we are actors. <laughs> but, you know, you would think that, like, creating all of that stuff in our heads, our imaginations as actors, that, you know, I think that's what we're expected to be able to do in the audition process. And I don't know if maybe just some actors are just inherently capable of that and others like different. It's like different ingredients on a salad bar. But I think so. I I mean, I feel like I am much better at reacting than I am to like conjuring up all this stuff on my own. It's very, very hard for me. Yeah, it seems to me like like (laughs) auditioning is a. Very different skill set from being a good it's totally actor. Like I, I, I know there are some actors. I'm not gonna. I can't think of the names, but I know there are some that where I'm just like, they must be really good in the audition room because they're getting this all these parts. But like, I'm not totally maybe connecting with them as an actor or performer. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just they might have millions of followers on Instagram. They, uh, they're yeah, but IG. even before that, I think because <laughs> even I mean we get taught like in class how to become an actor when we're training, and then. You don't get taught the process Mm-mm. of auditioning. And then when you have your first audition, you're thrown off. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe it's a true skill to learn how to audition. And then you have to be able to perform on set. I think it's two different things. Yeah. Because it's definitely two different the things. The atmosphere is totally different in yeah. an audition room versus if you're on set with your scene partner or yeah. I mean, I think if people show up prepared and ready to play and they make, they make a strong choice and, and, and then they're much better off than somebody that comes in that's, Trying to please, or you know, oh yeah, but, and, but that's and, the and thing. Have, have, have tried to make a choice based on what they 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 think 
is it's about you know and they bring something unique and they're ready to play it's like we can get them yeah to where we got to get them it's yeah. like you got the you got the fundamental thing that we're looking for which is like you're here to play you've you're prepared you know yeah i, I think it does everyone a disservice when they when they don't they don't prepare like they but just you know, come to perform yeah. but you know now they te- they there's audition courses like they p- actors take classes to learn how to audition so i i mean i agree with you but not everyone can mentally do it you know what i mean I don't know. I mean, you gotta be real careful what class you take. I, I that's true. <laughs> also the class. Yeah, that's true. The class can. Yeah, I agree. Well, but I'm just saying. I mean, there's a market. There. Yeah. They're out yeah. there, right? Yeah, because you know? it is a different a different yeah. checklist. You're gonna want to maybe prepare. Yeah. But like you're saying, also, John, is that it's like at the end of the day, you're showing up, having made decisions and been prepared, and showing an ability to be able to kind of like bend and go. Um, that also is. If you don't have that there, then it's probably yeah. not going to fly. Did you find that you were intimidated to direct Susan Sarandon or that you felt like you could direct her the same way you would do or that you had to direct her or you could just let her? Like, I was nervous. Did that I mean, seem different? I usually, well, it's different because like Teddy definitely, his character needed to be like pumped Supported. up before and Rad was more just conversation. I feel like... um like saying every actor is different is just getting a sense by then of what you might need or want from them, you know? And my, my hope is I'm a big believer in like preparate prep. So like the shoot itself should be kind of a machine that kind of is going, I mean, I know things come up or whatever, but that's what you're there for to kind of adapt. But ideally a lot of these decisions are made and you're working with an actor where you're like, I know, you know, you might know this character better than I do. You know, I'm a big believer in that to be like, I'm not here to actually tell you the idea of puppeteer directing or whatever. So if it's something and even with lines, I'm not as precious anymore. You know, if there's something that's really important, I would hopefully stress that before the day to be like, this part is really important. This other stuff, if you want to paraphrase, whatever, just communicating in advance um, as much as possible to let an actor kind of like. But then so, again, some actors might want more, and and hopefully again, I figured that out by then. But the, before being on the day, I mean, McSavage, David, who's a comedian, um, he definitely by the end. At first, he was. I mean, he's a comedian, so like comedians are kind of like. I was like, is he gonna knock the soup over? Like almost like um, Sasha Baron Cohen or something. Of yeah. like, is he gonna punk us? Because it's like his nature is to like a comedian's nature is to like change the frequency in a room and get everyone um, for better and worse, you know, in a way. But by the end, like I had him, you know, we did a take a few times and he was literally doing it like an actor every single time and everything. And it was again, just kind of like letting him be himself a little bit within that. Um, But I just think all, all actors are different and I'm a big believer in um, communicating in advance as much as possible so that like you should never be on set when I'm teaching directing of like, you know, mine was the one, my my example is the, like, sort of featured extra who didn't even have a line where I'm like, this is nothing I have to worry about. I shouldn't have had to audition this person. Yeah. And then, oh, God, and then you have to kind of pivot or whatever. But main actors especially, I feel like it's a lot about trust and kind of, like, letting them do what they're doing. Like, I like as a director when I'm watching takes and whether it's on monitor or just watching it live of, like, 
feel like I'm watching the movie, like pretend every take is like, this is the movie that, this is the cut that's gonna, you know, the take that's gonna make it. Do I feel like I'm lost in it rather than being like, did they do that right or not right? Yeah. Um, and Especially when you're just making offers and you're just people reading scripts, it's that communication beforehand is just super, super important because sometimes that's the first time you're gonna see the words come out of their mouth is when they're on set. Yeah, and if you're a big belief, like I produced a film um, and I, the writer director, I don't think any of us knew how um, exact he wanted. So I was saying, you know, later on um, towards the end of the shoot, I was like, if and when you do this again, you should do this again um, in the casting call put, and you could even speak to this if you guys agree, but I think um, put like, I'm very particular, the script, I want it to be every word verbatim. And then you as an actor could decide like, fuck that, that's not what I'm here for. I'm like, I'm bringing myself to it and I don't care about that. Or someone would say, no, I really like that, I want to. Um, but you're doing that in advance, so you're weeding it out and you're not on the day where the actor maybe paraphrases a but or or mm -hmm. that doesn't matter in the grand scheme I've seen to that a director. In notes from my agent, I've seen that before. Like, See, so when have, my agent sends me the thing, it'll say, like, stick to the script. They're, it's very important yeah. that you deliver the script exactly. Yeah. I don't think we'll I've have trouble the other way. We'll tell them to throw the script out. Yeah. yeah. And then they won't, they, they just make it your own. Let's see what you can come up with. And they I do the script. Exactly. They do yeah. the script, and, and we'll say it again. And I'm like, he wrote it. Like, he's saying, don't worry about yeah, it. Like, yeah, let yeah. it go. You know? Yeah. Like, we want to play with it. Like, yeah. this is, what you're reading right now is not going to even be what you're going to say on the day. Like, yeah. it's changing, you yeah. know? That's and, also is something, for sure. Yeah, and it's the people need to hold on to it so tight. Yeah. and that But that's a sign, also, of, it like, a, a nervousness to be like, oh, wait, if you're clinging to that when we're telling you don't cling then, to that, yeah. then maybe... Mm -hmm. You know, not to say for sure, but also that is maybe a little bit of a. I mean, we'll flag. come up with stuff that's just just to see how far we can push them, just to see how far they're willing to go. You know, yeah, and that's just a sign of this. Like, okay, we can take this person anywhere. Yeah, and I'll often read with people, and I'll be real. I'll be, I'll just be pushing and kind of pulling and kind of seeing. Okay, I can adjust. They can move with the energy and stuff like that. And actors, sometimes they think that I'm like trying to act but it's like no i'm trying to dance with you and i'm trying mm -hmm. to see can you move are you adjustable yeah. are you flexible mm -hmm. you yeah. know yeah if i throw this at you are you going to receive it are you going to be able to give it back to me mm -hmm. yeah you know mm -hmm. yeah that's like with joe i feel like that was one of my memorable auditions that i really enjoyed was because once we got through the words yeah you know you and i just improvised yeah. mm -hmm. and david just let it play yeah and things come out of that, mm -hmm. you know? I remember sitting, I think I filmed like 20 minutes of someone sitting in a chair chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> just was fascinated by it. I was like, no, just keep chewing. <laughs> <laughs> now it's lost 8% of its flavor. Keep chewing. Keep chewing. <laughs> yeah. It just got another boost. Maybe I just needed lunch I was eating or something. You're like a sicko you didn't hire him, did you? I think we did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. That was gum chewer number four. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, did we solve yeah. it? Did we so, solve the mystery? I think I think we've solved all the mysteries of the universe, Muckle Tolly. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Such a good job, man. It was I fun mean, to talk to um, adults. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's and really for me, weird. I, I mean, also very much a parent. It's fun to talk art and creative yeah, things talk. because like I just do so much life management right yeah. now and so it's great to like talk to fellow thespians and, and to remember fellow... that I I've done this. I made yeah, some remember stuff. that yeah, you had another guys. life beyond your <laughs> child. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm pushing Ping Pong Summer onto my kids and everybody that like thinks they know the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like, I, I think I, we should I, do a big re-release. I think we should. Like, I think people don't. I, I don't think, think people know about Stranger it. Things isn't the 80s. No. Ping Pong Summer was the. Yeah. That was, I mean, I mean, it's already coming up on ten years. I mean, is it really? Almost twenty twenty four will yeah. be the ten year anniversary, which is like, whoa, um, yeah. So maybe let's do it. I mean, I'm was, here for it. Yeah, yeah. You should. I, have, we'll have a big reunion. Let's talk to Alamo. We'll let's do an eighties night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Get Robert Long straight in a room and oh my, get him spray tanned up. Get him spray tanned <laughs> up. Oh man, I love that guy. I love you, Robert. Let's do something together. <laughs> Yeah, he just texted me the other night, and I Did was like, he? "We gotta, yeah, we gotta get the gang back together one of these years." Yeah, for sure, for sure. Got to figure out this uh, paperwork stuff though first, I guess, with everyone, what? WGA and SAG oh, and all yeah. that stuff. We'll figure it out, and then we'll keep making movies. It'll happen. Yeah. Well, thank well, you we'll so much. Ireland. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to <laughs> Ireland anyway. Ireland, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. I'm gonna ride the back of your visas and <laughs> dual citizenship and. We should all move The there. breakfast. Santa Margaret was pregnant, and she was loving I mean, we all were, but it was funny. She was just like, you all were putting pregnant? on so much weight? No, she was just like, we were all loving the breakfast, the Irish breakfast. And she's There's like, tell me if I'm, she said that she was kind of like, tell me if I'm putting on too much weight during these couple of weeks of yeah. shoot, because she's like, I am definitely Her windbreaker not was skimping on the bigger. breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, actually, last sto- quick story is March at one point in Ping Pong Summer because these kids were literally pre-pubescing during the show. Right. <laughs> is that a word? Um, Stephanie came up to me, the costume designer. She's like, can I talk to you? Um, and I was like, what did I do? Like, my first thought was like, what did I do? She goes, have you noticed Marcello is, like, filling out his parachute pants? Like, he was growing. Well, I was like, we need to hurry up and get to day 29. Um, so I think she actually, like, I don't think it was noticeable enough, but she, it was I noticeable noticed. enough for her. And then she kind of tried to, like, widen them a little. She's like, this is the them. only pair on eBay. Where'd she yeah. get those? Somewhere on eBay. And that pop top, that Nike thing, it was it was all, the, I made a Google Doc of things that, that I was Nike like, I really hope, thing? yeah, <gasps> I had that one. And that I was, was like, so if you can, dope. and she found it. And I was like, wait, they're allowing it, the brand Nike? You know, it was all these things that I had never, it was like kid in a candy store where I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I feel like I'm putting, um, and even the IROC Z was one that I was like, there was, there was yeah. a, we were getting down to the finish line and the art department, Bart and Joey Todd Kearns, art director, ever, and Bob Weiss, everyone was just like, we want to make you happy and found a Iroxy in New Perfect. Jersey like Iroxy. a few days before. I was like, it doesn't have to be. It mean, like doesn't my, my have friend, to be. My friend had an Iroc. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everything was <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like. Yeah. 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 Just like, but it was those things where I'm like, it doesn't have to be. I know what we're doing here. You know, we're not like $30 million. And then the like movie gods kind of smiled upon us and let it it's happen. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, that's the thing. You, did, I mean, the movie gods did smile upon you because mm-hmm. to do a film with kids. Yep. That just was so balanced, so perfect, and was just, just the, yep. nailed the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well, thanks, awesome. guys. You're making awesome. me feel real good. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm gonna much. go play Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, thanks. For I'm gonna go watch it. Oh, yeah, thanks so much. I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to um, uh, listen and watch the yep. other ones. Yep. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. being here. All right.